Meals on Wheels is probably one of the most well-known programs that SMAA um, offers. Tell me some other ways that you support your community. I'd like to welcome our listeners to the Bolus Beat podcast. I'm Jessica Estes, guest hosting for Greg Bolus. The Bolus Company is Northern New England's largest commercial real estate services firm, with offices in Portland, Maine, as well as Manchester and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We've been selling and leasing real estate in Maine and New Hampshire since 1975. This podcast is designed to provide insight into Maine's business movers and shakers. And speaking of business leaders, I'd like to welcome Megan Walton to the Bolus Beat. Megan is the CEO at Southern Maine Agency on Aging, an organization that has served older and disabled adults in York and Cumberland counties for 50 years. Megan moved to Maine three and a half years ago after living in Seattle for 11 years. In Seattle, Walton worked for Amara, a nonprofit that supports children and families experiencing foster care. Walton began her tenure at Amara in 2009 as development associate eventually working her way up to chief operating officer while attending an MBA program on nights and weekends. She was part of a dedicated team that grew the organization from a 20-person staff with a million-dollar budget to a 75-person staff with a $5 million budget over a 10-year period. Megan's originally from the Boston area. She holds a BA from Middlebury College and an MBA from the Auburn School of Business at Seattle University. She currently serves on the nonprofit boards of 75 State Street and In Ann Spirit and co-chairs the Maine Power and Aging Committee. During her free time, and I'm not sure how she has any at this point, but she likes to stay active, write music, and support other female leaders as they advance in their careers. Megan and her husband live in Falmouth with their three children. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jess. I'm so excited to be here. This is really quite exciting. Yeah, well, it's great to have you here. And I think um, we were just talking before this started about how um, I feel like I know you pretty well, but it's good to get to know a little bit more about who you are and, um, and your history. In fact, I learned a couple things about you just reading your bio just now. Um, and there's an organization that I'm not familiar with that you're on the board of called In and Spirit. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. Let's just dive right in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So thanks for asking that question about in and spirit. Um, So it's actually a a big part of my story because um, when I was really young, um, I actually, our our family ended up losing my cousin um, in a random act of violence. Mm. Um, And she was in her early 20s and she was kind of just starting her Mm. career and her independent life. Um, And we actually lost Anne on my birthday when I was, again, really, really young. Um, And because of that, I have always kind of felt this um, strong desire or strong push to like really make the most out of every minute Mm -hmm. and every day. Um, because I think we just never know how long we're going to have here on the planet. And, um, I've just always felt connected to Anne's spirit. And so when you asked about that, it, it mm-hmm. really brought up a lot of those memories for me. Um, and what is amazing is that my aunt and uncle and my family have really turned that into, um, you know, that tragedy into an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, In and Spirit is a community-led foundation, nonprofit board um, that supports uh, programs that help to prevent violence in our communities. 
So as you can tell, there's always just kind of been this strong pull to help humans and to make connections with others in the community. Um, so yeah, it's an important part of my story. Yeah, definitely yeah. something that drives yeah. you. What a, what a story. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so you have been in Maine since 2019. I have. Yeah. And shortly after um, moving to Maine, you decided to join the Southern Maine Agency on Aging, which I think you call it SMA. Is that correct? Yeah, great question. Okay. Um, we we are the Southern Maine Agency on Aging, and many people know us as SMA. Mm -hmm. um, it's our 50th anniversary year, so we are wow. trying on SMAA okay. whenever possible. All but right. hey, I won't. I, won't I can I can go SMAA. Yeah, Absolutely. Agency. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was it about the opportunity at SMAA that um, that interested you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I. As you shared in my bio, I've been on, I was on the West Coast for a while, and my husband is originally from Oregon. So we had a lot of connections there and had built this wonderful life. Um, and I always felt a strong pull to Maine. Um, I grew up coming here in the summers. I went to a summer camp on Sebago Lake, and I just always felt like Maine was home. Mm -hmm. And so when it was time to make a decision about are we going to raise our kids? On the West Coast or East Coast, we made the decision to move to Portland, Maine. And neither of us had a job at that point. We didn't have a house or anything lined up. It was a definite leap of faith. Um, but really quickly, I just started to network with individuals locally. And I learned about the Southern Maine Agency on Aging. And I said um, to the recruiter who was working on that search, just so you know, I don't have any experience in aging or the aging field. I've been working with kids and families. Um, but the more that I learned about the agency, the more I really leaned in. Um, there's a really strong commitment from volunteers and staff. There's a strong history, as you just alluded to. Um, and I you know, when I share that I work at the agency, there's a lot of strong community response, usually to the positive. So it's just been a great organization to be a part of. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great story. What yeah. a leap. You're right. Leap yeah. of faith for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you shared earlier that um, this is SMAA's 50th year yeah. um, in Maine. What are you doing as an organization to celebrate that? Yeah, great question. Um, well, we're having fun community conversations like this one mm -hmm. to start. So it's been great to revisit with some of our corporate sponsors like Bolus because um, we couldn't do this work alone. Mm -hmm. And so we've had some great conversations with local community leaders. Um, we're hoping to engage the governor's office this, this year. Um, and we have a big 50th anniversary luncheon scheduled in September on September 21st. So that will be a great chance to bring everyone back together. Um, nice. But yeah, it's yeah, it's a, a moment to celebrate the mission, but also really to let people know about the great needs that are out in our community. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned before that when you talked to the recruiter about this opportunity, you said, I don't have experience with an aging population, but how did your previous role prepare you for this one? Yeah, great question. Um, so I really had a wonderful opportunity in Seattle because I got to be part of a, a small nonprofit that grew pretty dramatically over the years. Um, and what was amazing is that I got to grow with that organization. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure similar to you, so much of, of the success of that organization is really due to great mentors and also an amazing team that 
that I was a part of for many years. Um, and I worked in everything from development and fundraising to um, running our programs to launching our new volunteer program to um, putting together some 24-7 shelters that had never been done in our area. So my responsibilities there really ran mm-hmm. the gamut, which means that, um, you know, I was just so thrilled to be able to bring that skill set and that experience, but also a lot of humility to the work at our agency here yeah. in Maine. Yeah. Yeah. And so you really know the ins and outs of really the, how the, how the agency operates up and down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes my curiosity can, you know, drive members of my team crazy. Right. But I really want to <laughs> understand and know how things work yeah. and, and why we do things a certain way. And, and how does that ultimately drive the results that we want to see. Sure, sure. Yeah, that'd be a key part of your leadership there. Um, So since I've known you, I know you've expanded your family a little bit. You and your husband, Sean, have three children. And um, I am just curious how you manage it all between being the head of an organization such as you are and, you know, having time for family and everything else. What do you, how do you do that? Oh my goodness. Well, we could have a whole separate (laughs) (laughs) podcast on just this. Um, no, it's um, it's a great question. I'm sure that you ask a lot of um, our peers. And um, for me, I think, again, I just really want to live out my values. And um, for me, um, commitment to community has always been really important, mm-hmm. which has driven me into this role. And then um, I, I really believe I'm the best mom when my cup is filled. And so every day, every week, it's really reprioritizing, like, how can I take care of my mm. needs, desires, dreams, goals, so that I can really be there for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a good perspective. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about SMAA's mission. Yes. So Southern Maine Agency on Aging has been serving older adults, adults with disabilities, and their caregivers for 50 years. And our belief is really that there's a just and equitable world when it comes to aging. And that means really including older members of our society as neighbors, as friends, as connections. Um, And, you know, I think um, what's really special about Maine is I think there is a value that elders and older adults really matter here. Um, We see that in terms of the dozens of volunteers who came forward in the pandemic because they wanted to do more to help. Um, We see that in the way that community partners like Bolas continue to support our work. Um, We, again, we're just really driven by how do we make sure people in our community are less lonely Mm -hmm. and are connected to individuals or community supports. Sure. Um, and so how many people are employed by your organization? And also curious how many, you mentioned your volunteers. How many volunteers yes. do you have? Yes. So right now we have um, a little over 400 active volunteers wow. with the agency, which is pretty incredible. Yep. Um, and we have a 50-person staff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So That's a good ratio. It is you a good a ratio. A lot of volunteer power there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much teaming that happens between our volunteers and staff. Sure. They really do work side by side. And I think there's equal just trust and confidence on both sides. That's great. Yeah. Um, so what is the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, such a good question. Um, 
It is uh, very rewarding that so many of our team members, I think, have really just stepped up and taken on new roles and responsibilities, whether it's on our accounting team or external partnerships team or our programs. Um, people have really stepped up. And I think um, I think the pandemic showed us what we were capable of. Yeah. Um, and... So that brings a lot of reward. And, and ultimately, I feel like we're all here because we want older adults in our community to be healthier and yeah. more connected and less lonely. And I think anytime you hear a story or an anecdote about somebody who has been supported, it just drives us to do more. That's great. Yeah. And so you mentioned the pandemic. So I did want to ask that question. Yeah. Um, the population that your organization serves is certainly one of most acutely um, impacted by the pandemic. So I'm curious how you, and, and if um, if my math is right, you were fairly new in <laughs> Six your months. Role. Six, Six months, months into the role. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so probably still figuring it out. And then this, this pandemic hit. So tell me a little bit, if you could, about how the organization shifted and changed its um, changed its the ways that it met meets the needs of the that population yeah yeah great question um so immediately when the pandemic hit we knew that for a lot of our clients and a lot of community members we were kind of going to be that only lifeline that they had because many of our clients don't have family members who live nearby or don't have um a sense of community just because they are homebound. Um, I think one of the greatest accomplishments of our team was that within a matter of weeks, um, we had actually doubled our Meals on Wheels production mm -hmm. and deliveries. So wow. right away, we saw um, just a dramatic increase in the need for help with food security. Um, and of course, as soon as you um, are able to provide something like that to an individual, you soon learn, oh, you know, this person could also use um, a phone call a couple of times a week from a volunteer just to check in and see how they're doing. Um, and so the team was able to really bolster our Phone Pals program, which reaches, again, Meals on Wheels clients who need that additional support. Um, it was really, again, just rapid response mm -hmm. and experimenting and trying different things. Um, but again, I think it showed us what we were capable of. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the most satisfying projects for us as an agency was as soon as the vaccination came out in early 2021, um, we saw that there were a lot of older adults who could not get online to make an appointment. And yet they mm. so desperately wanted and needed that vaccination. Um, and so we had a group of 12 volunteers and some staff members who just took those calls from individuals who needed appointments. And then we would call them back as soon as a slot opened up. Um, and in oh. partnership with Northern Light, we were able to host so many different clinics across um, Western York County and Portland, um, Western Cumberland County, like just so many opportunities to bring the community together for oh, something that great. really mattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I think Meals on Wheels is probably one of the most well-known programs that SMAA um, offers. Tell me some other ways that you support your community, your yeah. population. 
Yeah, definitely. So one piece of feedback I hear all the time is, oh, I had no idea how much Southern Maine Agency on Aging does. So you're right. There's a plethora of programs. And I think if there's one thing we want your listeners to know, it's that we hope that you'll call us if you have a question about aging or an aging relative or somebody who lives in your community who really needs extra support. Um, because when someone calls us maybe initially about one concern, we can quickly connect them to other resources available, whether in-house at our agency or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to addressing food security, we also address financial security by um, offering what's called our Money Minders program, which helps people who are having trouble balancing their checkbook or opening their mail or keeping up with things. So we want to make sure that they're supported. Um, Our Medicare counseling program is also pretty well known because when people turn 65, there's a lot to navigate in terms of signing up for that. (laughs) And often we have clients who will um, review their Medicare once a year and can save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars each year just by signing up for a different um, oh, wow. program available. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's um, interesting. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that is something that really anybody 65 or older could take advantage of. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we have um, a bunch of age well classes, whether that's Tai Chi or yoga or um, balance classes. Mm-hmm. We regularly offer that kind of wellness class for people over the age of 60. Um, and then we have so many resources available for caregivers. Um, and I know caregiving was a part of your journey mm-hmm. as well. Um, because caregivers need just as much support mm-hmm. as our clients do. Mm-hmm. Um, caregiving can be exhausting and, um, we want to make sure that they feel supported, that they have regular trainings or support groups to be a part of. And then there's also a lot of benefits available right now at the state and federal level for caregivers and older adults. Yeah. So great. Well, yeah, that's great. Um, so how can people who are listening or watching support um, SMAA and the population you serve in general? What can, what can regular people do to yes. be a support yes. to your... Oh, great question. Um, There's so many ways that people can support our agency's work. Um, Just appreciate that you're asking and having this (laughs) conversation today. Um, Our website is smaaa.org, and that lists all of our resources and benefits and information. Um, People can help by becoming a volunteer. So I you know, mention how important volunteers mm-hmm. are. And there's so many different volunteer opportunities available at our agency and also in the local community that we can get people mm-hmm. connected to. Mm-hmm. So we encourage people to reach out about that. Um, we rely on foundations, corporations, individuals, towns to really support our work and help bolster the work that we do. Sure. And so um, we have a giving page on that website. And then I think the other thing is to really be um, just cognizant of people in your own local community who could maybe use some additional support. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear so many examples of, well, you know, I noticed that my neighbor was having trouble preparing meals. And so I, that's why I got her connected to Meals on Wheels. Or my son has just started shoveling, you know, Mr. Smith's driveway down the street. Like so much of this is about how do we care for our community's Mm -hmm. neighbors. Um, And yeah, just looking up from our own lives to see who else might need. Yeah, what's around us for sure. Yeah. Um, 
That's interesting. I wanted to ask, so if, if somebody is um, listening or watching who leads an organization that does a day of service or something with their employees, is that something that they could parlay into assisting? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. And okay. we do work with no- numerous businesses who like to have that kind of exposure to our programs. And Good. yeah, yeah, okay. there's so many opportunities there. All right. Yeah. So go to the website and uh, yeah, feel free to organize your day of service with the, with Megan and her team. Um, so I, I found that one of the things about uh, running a business is that it's really important to stay engaged and keep learning and try to stay on top of trends and just continue to gain more knowledge wherever you can. So I'm curious, are there any podcasts that you listen to regularly or books or is there anything you do to keep keep active in that way? Yes, uh, such a good question. And again, we could probably do a whole separate episode on just this <laughs> um, because I'm definitely a, a personal development leadership junkie, right? Mm-hmm. I just eat that eat that stuff up. Um, right now, I really love uh, James Clear Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and just five minutes a day and making, making time for what's most important to you. Um, I listen to Entree Leadership, which, um, has a little bit of a religious bent at times. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think there's some really good core principles there. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable, especially for women who are also maybe in a mothering capacity, Mm -hmm. um, and I also just had the opportunity to go through um, a year-long fellowship with the Gorman Foundation oh, locally. Nice. Yeah. And so we did a lot, of, a lot of work through results-based accountability, which was fascinating. And then we, we actually ended up doing Myers-Briggs again. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I'm such a, a believer in that yeah. <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's so good for your team. It really right? is. Where do we all land, right? Yeah. No matter what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I could go on and on, but I think there's so many so many yeah. good things out there that I just want to pay attention to. And I, and I'm also a big believer in brain science and how we really have to change our thinking in mm-hmm. order to achieve new results. In order to grow. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'll definitely check out a couple of those. Yes. Um, and, and now we'll, we'll add the bolus beat to yeah. the list as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, So you you just mentioned brain science and Mm. changing your thinking. Um, And so I'm curious about any philosophies that you believe in or practices by, you know, by which you live your life or do your work. Um, any, Any kind of guiding principles there for you? Wow, another big question. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I think especially for women, there's so many messages that we receive, some of them conscious, many of them unconscious Mm -hmm. throughout the years. And so I really like to encourage women to take like radical self-responsibility for your own, your own life, Mm -hmm. your own goals, your own desires. Like you have to honor those first. Um, and someone recently said to me that self-care is out and self-caring as a verb is Mm -hmm. in because it's really about how do you make it a regular practice. Um, So I'm a big believer of like getting quiet, right? Listening to your inner inner voice, voice, your gut, right? If something does feel off, like 
let's look at the facts and look at the evidence. Why is that? Um, so yeah, meditation, exercise. Yeah. Anything to get you back in the zone. Um, yeah. So you can be there for your people. So you can be there for the team, for your family. Exactly. Exactly. I like that a lot. It's a practice. Yes, it is. (laughs) It certainly is. Um, So what are your goals for your organization over the next five or 10 years, assuming you have some? Um, Curious what you're working toward now. Yeah, great question. Um, Our goal is really that people, older people in their community are connected, whether that's connected to individuals, connected to a local group or something that they're involved with connected to an agency like ours. Um, we want to end loneliness and social isolation for older adults. Um, there are way too many individuals right now who are suffering just Mm. because they don't have that regular interaction with another person. Um, and so any strategies that bring us closer to that goal is, is really critical. Um, And I would say we also have a wonderful adult day program at our agency, and you have been a critical Mm -hmm. partner in helping us um, make our space what it is today. And um, that program is incredibly successful, and Mm -hmm. I think it's because, um, one, it's needed. There are many individuals who have a loved one with dementia and they just sure. need an adult day program during the day so they can get to work or go to the grocery store and not worry about mom. Um, and we would like to bring that program to many more communities in Southern Maine. Mm-hmm. So we have a desire to launch um, community hubs in the coming years to ensure that more local communities have an adult day program at their fingertips, that they can get connected with a social worker from Southern Maine Agency on Aging, um, and that we can just start to meet more needs in the community. Yeah. I think that's great. So the current program is in Biddeford, is that correct? Correct. Yes, our current program's in Biddeford. And then we have eight different uh, Meals on Wheels or nutrition sites throughout our two counties. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's one thing I want your listeners to know, it is that Maine is the oldest state in the nation. Mm And Cumberland and York counties in particular have some of the highest population rates for the 60 plus population. And that means that we're really a great place to experiment and try and do things differently in order to get the needs of older individuals met. Um, I I love any kind of pilot program that might help people, again, be more connected, less lonely, Um, And really building, again, up a support system for older individuals that puts their needs first. Well, Megan, um, I will say as a state, as a community, we are very lucky to have you. I'm so glad that you consider Maine home and that you came here um, to build your life. And I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. I I feel the same way about you. And um, I'm so glad that we serendipitously did get connected years ago. Yeah. um, Because you were such a key partner in our real estate journey as an organization as well. So my my pleasure. Thank you. You can learn more about Megan and the Southern Maine Agency on Aging at the company's website, which is smaaa.org. And on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Southern Maine Agency on Aging. 
And if you'd like to learn more about the Bolus Company, please be sure to visit us at www.bolus.com. You can also find us at the Bolus Company on Facebook and LinkedIn and at the Bolus Co. on Instagram and Twitter. 